Hey, y'all, it's Miss Minutes again. We're back today to talk about the time-jumping, space-exploring, mostly family-friendly sci-fi series starring a simultaneously very smart but also very dumb and eccentric main character having adventures with an opposite-gender companion, Doctor Who, I mean, Loki! It's the Infinity Watch Podcast! Oh my goodness! Let me tell you, if if Doctor uh, if Doctor Who was this good, I'd actually watch it. Shots shots fired. Doctor Who is this good? Doctor Who is this good? You just have to watch the the right uh, the right seasons. No, yeah, I mean I've watched. So I but, watched um, what Chris Eccleston through Matt Smith. Yep. Oh, okay. So those are all I enjoyed them. Wow, and you you don't think you don't think any uh, episodes of Doctor Who have risen to this height? It's certainly not as consistent. No, I yeah, I think that was always the trouble is the consistency. I enjoyed it. I watched I watched like what that's like probably like five seasons or at least um, five or six maybe. Um, And I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's just like sometimes you get a really good one, and then it'd just be like so much campiness you (laughs) couldn't handle it almost. Um, No, you're right. You're right. But this is undoubtedly. The Marvel Doctor Who. <laughs> and you know what? I'm here for it. I am here for yes, it. Yes, same. Uh, welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. My name is Tommy. I'm here with my co-host, who is Southern but loves the British sensibilities, uh, Eric. <laughs> and we are here to discuss episode three of the Disney Plus series, Doc- Loki. <laughs> Doc Loki. <laughs> Doc Loki. Um well, welcome to the podcast. Lots to discuss, uh, lots of stuff going on, especially with the series, and we're both pretty hype on it, so that makes for some good conversations. Um, and Eric apparently has some crazy harebrained theory about multiverses that we'll get later on in this episode. So, yeah, lots to Very look excited. forward to. Um, Eric, before we jump into the news, I think you have a fan online oh (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so i wanted to shout out so for anybody who doesn't know um you know i assume most people probably listen to this on their uh just on their like podcast listening app um which is great but we also have a soundcloud and soundcloud is great because we can get comments just directly onto the SoundCloud. Um, and there is a user. I just got to give a big shout out to user 733172973. Oh, man. How'd they think uh, of that username? <laughs> you're, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a good one. Certainly uh, never to be replicated. But uh, this user is just gassing me up in the comments every episode. Talking about how I have an epic voice, which I'm not sure if I agree, but I very much appreciate. Let me tell you, every episode um, that goes by that these comments go on, I'm like, what's wrong with my voice? Like, is, <laughs> is there something wrong with it? Like, I, you know, can I do something different? I don't know. <laughs> no, I think, I think uh, if anyone had any questions as to the epicness 
of your voice. I think your your Batman impression the other episode was absolutely dead on. I think uh, put any doubts uh, aside. Thank you, Eric. For sure. <laughs> Give me that kitty. <laughs> Gotta take care of that kitty. Oh my god, too good. But yeah, uh, so sh- shout out to you. Shout out to you, user seven three three one seven two nine seven three. Um. Definitely uh, appreciate the love. And if anyone else would like to leave comments, uh, you can do that at SoundCloud. I mean, you can do it anywhere. You know, uh, rates and reviews really help. Um, I mean, now that we've, you know, had a taste of fame in Croatia. Yeah, I mean. We're hungry for it. We just got, we we flew out to Croatia last week and they treated us like royalty. (laughs) Yeah, it was the best. Um. But yeah, so yeah, love, love, uh, love those interactions. After uh, that whole weird trial by coitus, Eric is actually a crown prince. Trial by coitus. A phrase I never imagined wow. saying in my life until just wow. now. Well, c- clearly I, uh, I passed the trials if I became a crown prince. You sure did. So that's good news. You sure did. And that other crown prince you uh, partook with uh, really enjoyed it, I think. <laughs> great all righty um, glad to hear it enough with the silliness though i know it'll continue throughout the episode let's jump right into news so that we can get going on this loki episode because there's lots to talk about um eric do you like halo um yeah i think i like yeah it's one of those things i never played it when it first came right. out but i i got into it around like halo 3 which i think is pretty common um and Halo 3 is great. I went back semi recently and tried to play Halo 1 and this is going to be a controversial opinion, but that game is not good at all. Um <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it was revolutionary at the time. Oh, yeah. I just mean in retrospect, uh holy shit, unplayable. But in general, yeah, I, I like Halo. I just remember the times when you could have a PlayStation or you could have an N64. And then there came a day <laughs> when the Microsoft Xbox came out and it was gigantic oh, yeah. and Halo came out. Oh, and yeah. It blew up the world, right? Yeah, for sure. Decades and decades and decades ago, it seems at this point, even though it's probably just like 15 years ago. Um, and ever since that came out, they have been talking about Halo movies, they've been talking about Halo TV mm-hmm. shows. And everyone mm-hmm. was hyping it, how it's going to be the biggest thing. We have had none of them, really, at all. So, <laughs> apparently, yeah, the Halo live-action TV series, um, it was supposed to be on Showtime. You know, like a pretty nice network premiere, you know, can, can do the adult stuff, all pretty good. It yeah. has moved from Showtime to the Paramount Plus streaming service. So talk about going from like a Michelin rated restaurant to, you know, a Waffle House. Um, (laughs) And apparently now it's also parted ways with its latest showrunner, Stephen Kane. Oh, my God. Who I think actually worked on uh, the first season of Daredevil, if I believe I'm remembering correctly. Um, I might not be. Um, So basically, long story short... Uh, you you guys aren't getting your Halo TV show. No, no. And I, I was never. totally but wrong about the uh, 
it's a different Steven dude, that the Daredevil. But yeah, ah. so if if anyone was looking forward to that, basically it, it probably will never happen. Um, so there's that. Yeah, I don't. It's like I don't know if Halo is necessarily Halo would be a great show if they ever allowed could be a great show let me rephrase if they would ever allow them to really expand the story past the games but like they won't we all know they won't they never would so because of that yeah so because of that it's probably was never going to be a good show anyways right so yeah it seems like a lot of people are attached to it but it's always really tough when you see like one of those things that like you might be interested in and you can just see like it, the ball just kind of keeps getting kicked around all over the place. Like, this is just never yeah. happening. But. Sorry to those that wanted that, um, but let's move yeah, on. R.I.P. R- uh, Inhumans. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck. Speaking of. <laughs> Dude, that's like that's like one of those traumas that I've I've buried deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, remember when we were supposed to get um, an actually potentially good movie? Could you imagine for a second, like, okay, I know, like, we would if 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 we had an human Spider Man, wouldn't be a thing in the MCU. Basically, I think that was kind of what happened there. Mm. Spider Man came in, they're like, "Fuck the Inhumans, we're changing this up." Captain Marvel, blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean, fair. Um, and so it's like, fair, how can I be but- like mad? But like, I just want to see like Thanos fighting Inhumans, and then. Black Bolt just like whispers and then like a fucking planet explodes. Oh, God. <laughs> Amazing. And then they make some stupid ass show that I refuse to watch because it's dumb. Oh, I'm very upset. I love the Inhumans. Yeah. But now we have mutants and all these things like they're never going to have an, like a cool Inhumans thing ever. Right. Yeah, that's correct. <sighs> Unfortunately. All right. I totally, you know, you, you caught me off guard there for a second, Eric. Um, okay. Did you see the new trailer for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? You mean a uh, uh, yet another six out of six Infinity Stone trailer for Shang-Chi? Yes, I did see it. Fuck. Multiple fuck times. Fuck yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. This movie better deliver because my hype level is astronomical. Talk about just like taking a character that absolutely no one knows in, in the real world. And just like making a movie that looks so fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, if it's if that movie's even half as good as it looks from the trailer, that character is gonna be like on the A team of the of the movie Marvel characters for sure. There's like so many dope scenes, like he's underwater and there's like just like a gigantic <laughs> fucking dragon just there with him. Yeah. You see the martial arts look unreal. They look so sick. Okay, I got a question for you. Do you think this movie looks more like a Mortal Kombat movie than Mortal Kombat? Because I was getting a lot of Mortal Kombat s- vibes from it. Yeah, I, mm, I see. I definitely see how someone would see that. But I'm not, I don't know. Mortal Kombat's a little bit grittier to me. This is a little more magical, I guess. That's true. Seems- That's true. For sure. Um, yeah, but I, but I definitely see where you're coming from there. For more sure. gritty, the the dude that loses his arms and gets robot arms attached. Uh, very <laughs> <Yeah>. gritty. <laughs> um, and then the guy that throws his hat and it cuts people in half. 
Oh, man. Oh, yeah. What a crazy oh, wow. movie. Sorry, I'm just... I would have <laughs> never watched that movie if it wasn't for you, and so I'm just reminiscing a bit. <laughs> yeah, it is wild. All right, so I watched this crazy trailer. I'm like, wow, this trailer is pretty fucking, like, wild. Like, I have no idea, like, like how the fuck this movie's going to play out, but it looks fucking awesome. And then the very last scene pops up. And it shocked me because I saw something I never thought I'd see again. And it, it it's what appears to be a cage match fight between Wong from Doctor Strange and the Abomination from The Incredible Hulk. Only this time he actually has his fins like he does in the comics. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Fucking wild. Yeah. That was a that was a hell of a hell of an ender for for that for that trailer. What did, what did you think? Is that I mean, like, were you just as shocked as I was? Yeah, I guess I love the fact that the abomination's back. I'm not a big fan of the fin design, <laughs> like in general, even in the comics. But like, I get it. I get why people are stoked about it, but. I could I could do without the the fins on Abomination, but other than that, yeah, I'm super excited for what it means for the for the movie and um and for the uh, the Hulk family as well. Yeah, I definitely like. I didn't like the the look of him in in the Incredible Hulk either. He just looked like uh yeah, it's, yeah, like same. a really old testicle with with bones or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's really gross, but uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how bony that testicles works out. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm getting. I'm starting to get really excited for the She-Hulk series. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's um, just so many things, so many things coming up that are just crazy. Um, and it's kind of nice. I feel like we're getting like a lot of details from movies that aren't touched on as much too. Um, and they're just, they're pulling from all these different things. Like the incredible Hulk, no one touches that usually. Yeah. It's like the black sheep of the MCU. Um, and so it's just nice, you know, we had Thunderbolt Ross pulled from that. Now we're having the abomination back. Um, it's just nice to see some of this stuff kind of picked up from and kind of included. So super exciting shit. Yeah. Six out of six. I a hundred percent agree. The trailer's fucking crazy. Dude, super good. And I think it's, uh, you know, any Hulk references, I think, just gets me one step closer to seeing Red Hulk on screen, which is all I want, as you know. It's pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Anything Eric wants in life, you know, can't die before Thunderbolt Ross becomes the Red Hulk. Mustache oh, yeah. or no mustache? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to, people are not going to like this, but I'm going to say no mustache. I don't know if I want to see a mustached Hulk. Yeah, they kind of like did that a little bit with, with Hulk, like having kind of shadow, like five o'clock shadowy kind of looking hair. But uh, I think that's fine. I think, I think full on mustache would be, would be a little much. I just remember like, (laughs) and I don't know if I'm misremembering this, but when Red Hulk was a thing, everyone was trying to guess who he was. And he didn't have a mustache. And so, mm-hmm. obviously, Thunderbolt Ross, like, no one was guessing him because he has a huge fucking mustache. And then they're like, it's Thunderbolt Ross. When he hawks out, his mustache magically disappears. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me right now? 
It's bullshit. Yeah, no, I but but I think that's the. I just think it would look too goofy. You you got to do it. You can't have a big ass mustache on on a Hulk. Basically, looks like a hulked out <laughs> Sam Elliott. Yeah, yeah, amazing. All right, let's move on. <laughs> um, let's talk about Sony, um, our favorite our favorite film studio. So apparently, Kevin Feige is working closely with Sony on the movie's marketing campaign. Um, the head of Walt Disney Studios marketing was in an interview and he said, Sony is absolutely handling the marketing for Spider-Man. Kevin Feige and his team are closely partnering with the Stone. I can't talk today. Kevin Feige and his team are closely partnering with the Sony team on those. So there is coordination in that sense. We also make sure we are aware of who is dropping what, when, um, but when we are not working together on the the campaigns because it's their film. Um, so it seems like Sony is, is definitely in charge of all the campaigns for marketing, but Marvel Studios is still working with them. Um, and the news is out now, rumors, that Spider-Man No Way Home will have a trailer debut in theaters ahead of Black Widow. Yeah, that is, I saw that rumor. Um, There's been a lot of rumors, though, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna put really any faith in this at all until until it's out. Um, it certainly would make sense to put that trailer in front of Black Widow, but um, I'm just reading through this article and I saw something, and I don't know if I really knew this. It says, while specific plot details are still under wraps, we do know that Spider-Man No Way Home will feature Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. I mean that makes sense, but I I don't remember reading that. Before. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought that. Did we read that? Yeah, I think it was either that or the the vice versa. There was Spider Man and no, yeah, it must have been it must have been Doctor Strange in Spider Man. That's that's ringing a bell. Yeah, for me. maybe I just kind of forgot. There's been so much news because it says Alfred Molina is confirmed as Doctor Octopus, and Jamie Foxx as Electro. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, there's so many people. There's so many rumors about this movie. It's really hard to see through the bullshit. Yeah, that's for sure. So we'll see. But I'm excited for a trailer for it. So I I hope this is true. I also hope that when Tom Holland's birthday uh, was happening, that it was going to release then too. But uh, you know, we'll have to wait and find out. Indeed. Um, <laughs> I picked this one out for you again. It's another Nightwing story. So, um, director Chris McKay revealed some new story details on whether the movie would tie into the Batman, which we obviously discussed last week. When he was talking to some website called The Bear Cave, which sounds like a, a Harry Gaiman's news source um, <laughs> for comics, uh, which is awesome. The filmmaker opened up about his plans for the movie. He said, it was going to be a character study about this guy who grew up with a sort of bad dad, referring to Batman. (sighs) How that made him, as a young adult, try to fight off and go as far away from that world as humanly possible and get dragged back into it. It becomes a revenge movie, and it, it would be an introduction to Nightwing and the world of Bloodhaven. Yeah, I mean, sounds like shit. Yeah, right. Uh, I have okay. no interest. That's what I thought at all. immediately. 
<laughs> oh my god! I mean, there, there's no question in my mind they're gonna fuck this up if, if it even happens, which I'm skeptical. Turns out Batman was a bad dad. Mm. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! But we're not gonna actually show Batman or maybe even reference him by name in any way. <laughs> For some reason, he made me fight crime. Mm. <laughs> Living uh. in a rich mansion, he wasn't around much. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's just... He made me do gymnastics every day. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be living uh, in an orphanage. So yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I don't. Know. And it's like the thing is, is like I'm sure, it, c- very clearly, the relationship between Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne is not normal or per- great. Yeah, it's probably or it maybe probably even is good. Up, actually, but yeah, but like. He's getting eaten out by Catwoman left and right. <laughs> Wait, he's getting eaten out by Catwoman? Oh, fuck. I said it backwards, but it's probably, <laughs> oh probably true. Yeah. That, yeah, potentially. Dick, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but this just, this just sounds awful. Like, just don't... <sighs> Nightwing is such a cool character, but not... Outside of everything that makes him a cool character. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I, I I, really have no interest in this at all. I would if they brought in a little kid to kick ass next to, like, Robert Pattinson for one or two movies. And then did a Nightwing movie. Then I'd be all in. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, it, really with DC, they need to take the time to get to where they want to be. Yeah. And they want their yeah. cake without baking it at all. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really what it is. And and I feel like they're I do understand their predicament because they are so laughably far behind at this point that it's like they can't like if they truly tried to start a, a DC uh cinematic universe like in earnest, you know, people would be like, what the fuck Marvel did this? 15 years ago what are you doing right so it's like i i definitely understand that they feel like they have to just they it's like they i think they think they have this imaginary established universe already which is like but you gotta do just do one movie like do one movie for all the characters, just like an anthology, like ten minutes a character. You get their, you get their origin, and then what? That's the DC origin movie, and then go crazy. But like, it needs something. It needs some kind of starting point that isn't Man of Steel because that movie is a joke. You know what they? Come you know what me. they should do actually is they should have a movie where Batman is Batman. And then he's working alongside a police officer. And then at the very, very end of the movie, they reveal that his legal birth name was Robin. And then just leave it at that. I think they should do that. Mind blown. I still can't believe that (laughs) after the Dark Knight, Chris Nolan thought that was a good idea. Yeah, ridiculous. What was that guy's name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. John John Blake. Yeah, John Blake. Or something. My legal label's Robin. Does that have any significance <laughs> to the context of the film, or is it just complete fan service? Uh, well, that whole movie. I let me preface this by saying I really liked Batman Begins. I loved The Dark Knight. 
But uh, Dark Knight Rises was absolute ass. That movie sucked. The only good thing that came out of the Dark Knight Rises was Bane's voice. <laughs> I do Bane's voice all the time, just randomly. True. And I, oh! I can't. <laughs> Rushing this plane. <laughs> just all the time, randomly. Oh, my God. Oh, man. What does he say? I'm, I'm trying to. That beginning plane scene is taken straight out of a James Bond movie, and even Christopher Nolan said that. And I love the intro to all of those movies, especially The Dark Knight. But yeah, the intros are cool. Oh my gosh! Perhaps yeah, he's I just don't. Uh, he would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. <laughs> oh man, just amazing <laughs> voice. I just think that movie falls victim to the the worst instincts of all batman writers in that the only reason he wins is because batman like there's not a real and i fucking hate that those are the worst batman stories when there's clearly no possible way batman could win and he still does for no logical reason other than the fact that oh what do you mean he's batman he can do that it's like but he what he got out of the pit after breaking his back he just got right out of it (laughs) Like, he's just a guy. And, uh, yeah, it's so fucking stupid. But what? But whatever. That's a rant for a different episode, probably. Yeah, we could probably have a whole episode <laughs> around it. Um, speaking of Batman, <laughs> Zack Snyder posted a picture of Batman going down on Catwoman, as he does mm-hmm. nightly. Yes, of course. Of course. And That's a fact. Apparently, Warner Brothers... Got it removed. <laughs> Ooh. Abs- absolute pussies. Excuse me. I, uh, I mean, it, w- nobody needed any more evidence that Warner Brothers and uh, and the movie arm of DC is an absolute joke. But in case you did, here it is. Uh, absolute fucking jokes. Uh, I hate them. I truly hate them. I'm not sure who I hate more between them and Sony. It's very close. They're all terrible. Uh, it's just the irony of like, okay, we're upset that one of our directors posted a picture of Batman going down on Catwoman because heroes don't do that. And so like, it happens. It has a viral moment. But then like, they create another moment by removing <laughs> They're it. They're so dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Just don't draw attention to it and be done with it. Yeah, it's like these... I really think the people making these decisions, it's got to be a room of like 45 year olds and up and they just need like they need like a like a social media consultant. They need to get or laid. something. Well, yeah, they definitely need to get laid. That's a guarantee. But like they need some kind of they need someone who understands how obviously stupid that is to do and it's like how much they are hurting their own cause at every turn it's just it's just very foolish i don't know yeah it's it's frustrating because you think like as a normal middle class person you know a a lot of times you you fall into this trap which is not true of like these executives these rich people like they must have some kind of intelligence to back up their positions, right? Like, you would Man. think logically. No, right, it's not true, but you would think logically. It's like, right. how, you know, they must know what they're doing. And just time and time again, 
they prove that they don't have a clue. And it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating because these people are the dumbest people who ever lived. See, the problem is, and- is that there are a bunch of people that get paid exorbitant amounts of money to just have shitty opinions that most of the time don't really follow through in any way. Yeah. Right. I mean, we all know that from like the Sony, the Sony uh, film studio leaks and all that, like yeah. just ridiculous things that are being suggested by people that are just in some position because they knew the right people, blah, 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 blah. And so it's just like they just they're so out of touch. <sighs> yes, they are. It's it makes me sad. Can't sell Batman toys if he's got pussy all over his lips. <laughs> oh, my God. That might be more aggressive than anything we said in the last episode. I'm just that's that's I I can imagine like a a 67 year old man just being really upset by this all, like the the most upset person on the board, just saying that. That's all I hear in my head. Oh man, Batman will be tainted forever. (laughs) It's so it's so unfortunate, so unfortunate. And his mask just works out perfectly for that too. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much what it was made for. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's move on to something a little more depressing. Oh, God. It has been reported and confirmed by Disney that while reaching for his bottle of Alka-Seltzer, <laughs> Indiana Jones star Harrison Ford has suffered a shoulder injury on the set of Indiana Jones. Oh, in a story that absolutely no one saw coming. Uh, <laughs> this is just tragic. I mean, you would never think in a million years that 200-year-old Harrison Ford would get injured on a movie. I mean, is there even a precedent for this? <laughs> Turns out he was flying his plane <laughs> to the set. Yeah, and he crashed into seven into buildings. Still somehow oh, has his God. pilot's license. Ah. Uh, yeah, no, I, everyone saw this coming. Uh, Harrison Ford is old as balls, and uh, it's just, it's just, oh, he's got a, man, I don't know. He's- so I was unaware, I was unaware, we were in a group chat, and I was railing pretty hard against the indie movies. I was unaware that you were sound like you're a pretty big fan. I Yeah, so, I do love Indiana Jones. Do you think there's any chance this movie's good? I think, hmm. So I don't think there's been like a very good kind of movie like this in a while. Ah, so you think it might like fill a void? Yeah, because like I remember okay. that's why I wanted to play. Um, oh fuck, uh, Uncharted. Uncharted is basically like oh, yeah. a love letter to Indiana Jones. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Basically, they just have like they could have just thrown the Indiana Jones character as the main character of Uncharted and like just kept it all the same. It would have been an Indiana Jones game. Um. And so kind of that like action adventure, you know, like going through time, trying to like find some stuff. And then like you have all these evil people following you too. like that doesn't like hasn't come around in a while. So I think at the very at the very least, this movie would be fun and it would fill that void and hopefully wouldn't be bad. Um, You know, and this one, you know, they're always kind of a little bit in the past. So I think this movie it involves like a Nazi scientist who is enlisted by NASA to work on like basically the moon landing initiative. And so it's just like, there's like a lot of cool, like 
pop culture things from that time that are in there. Um, I think Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was like not a good movie, but I also think that people shit on it way more than they probably should. Um, but I think like the first three movies, the Indiana Jones movies are all really good, really, really good. Um, and just like okay. fun character moments because it's basically Han Solo if he was just like an archaeologist looking for stuff. Um, so I, I think it has a potential to be like just like as good as The Force Awakens. <laughs> you are such a bitch. <laughs> so just like a decent movie. Oh my god. You know, like a retreading uh, of something that's been told before. I, I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> Over and out. Uh, just just move on to the next story. I'm not even going to respond to that shit. Yeah, we just really at the end of the day, we don't want we don't want to, you know, have a movie like The Last Jedi or Kingdom of the Crystal Skull that is just, you oh know, my God. just kind of wonky, lopsided, and you're just left with a bad taste in your mouth. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. Um, Olivia Wilde's Spider-Woman. <laughs> I, I don't understand yeah. this title. It just says, Olivia Wilde's Spider-Woman expected to focus on Jessica Drew. Uh, oh, you don't say. I hope so, because that's the character. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and they're looking for actresses between 25 and 35 to star. Um, and at mm. this point, I'm just, you know, to the author of this article, how dare you? Like, you're that desperate? This is your article? Um, you know. <laughs> Wait, what? I just, I don't understand, like, like it'd be like, you know, Spider-Man movie looking to focus on I Peter Parker. Understand. I Yeah, like, you mean there's no additional information? No, in I just realized that it's there's just- nothing else here. Um, <laughs> it's the Illuminati. This is the Illuminati. So, oh well, yeah. It's I mean, um, it's, <laughs> this is my shocked face. Yeah, and for so for anybody who can't see, it's my normal face because I'm not shocked, not at all. <laughs> and um, so yeah, I guess we'll we'll see what happens here. I'm a little surprised that this Daisy is a, Ridley. <laughs> I'm surprised this is a Sony movie though. I thought Marvel had the rights to Spider Woman. Oh, it says this is yes, for Sony it, Pictures. Interesting. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want it to be Daisy Ridley, really bad. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be I, awesome. She sure. needs to be in the MCU, and I think that would be a great. Oh fuck! But it's Sony. See, that's uh, the thing. I don't understand. I could have sworn she was an MCU owned character because she really has nothing to do with the Spider People. I think it was just a name yeah, only. Right. Kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And if that's the case, like, why are they making all these other fucking movies? Like, she's a super cool character. But, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I still say Daisy. I mean, honestly, I feel like Olivia Wilde herself would be an amazing Jessica Drew. Yes. Um, I guess she just wants to cast someone younger, but, like... Yeah, she's almost 40, uh, I think, at this point. Um, yeah, but... So it's probably just like a lot of work to kind of like have to stay in shape and do all that stuff. And for like the next 10 years, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, I get I get it. I totally get it. However, it's like. She could know. totally pull it off. There's no doubt. about Yeah. It. Yeah. It's like if, if RDJ can do it. Olivia Wilde can definitely do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Hollywood, though, they're like. 
oh, you're a woman over uh, 24. Sorry, you can only play mom roles now. Yeah, yeah. It's, so. it's, a, it's a big problem. Sure is. Sure is. Definitely seems like she's more in, interested in the writing directing game now. Um, which, yeah. Her movie Book Smart was unbelievably funny. I love that one. Nice. I I've not Highly seen recommend. it, but but yeah, if that's if it is one hundred percent like you know uh, maybe she just doesn't want to be that character or any character, which is fine. But um, but yeah, I, I think she would have been an amazing Jessica Drew for sure. Absolutely agree. Alrighty, last up for me, um, lots of set photos have come out from the upcoming Flash movie, and mm-hmm. we see our first look. At Sasha Cal as Supergirl, uh, wearing her Supergirl outfit. But we also see first photos of old Batman, played by Michael Keaton. Crazy. Oh, not in the suit, though, no right? No suit. No, we, we just okay, see okay. kind of Michael Keaton with gray hair. And we also get a shot of kind of like a like his car, like this crazy looking yeah. car. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, real sick looking. I think it's like a some kind of it was like a concept car from a few years ago that just kind of like went away and it just popped back up for this movie. And it looks so sick. Yeah, I think see. it looks it's exactly a, like the I kind of car. A, that, Mercedes. The car is a vision Mercedes Maybach six. Yes. And it's like fucking long. It looks like someone took a car and just stretched it out or something. Yeah, it looks uh, a bit like a Batmobile might. Some, some I'm would so say, excited, dude. I, but... I will go see this movie, and I'll be hype on that. I don't know anything about Supergirl or anything like that, but... Uh... Dude, she, all I know is who... I'm unaware of the name of the actress who is playing her. She looks like she could beat the fuck out of me, which is exactly what I want in a Supergirl. Yeah, what, I think her name is <laughs> Sasha Cal. Dude. Yeah, Sasha Cal. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, you know, I can't tell now with, uh, what was it, um, Shazam, when Shazam came out, all their suits just had fake muscles. Um, yes. Now I can't tell if people are actually ripped or not. I feel like she it looks seems, pretty ripped, though. Yeah, she, she, that seems very real to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, she, she just looks absolutely ripped i i think it's a, i think it's a great look for that character especially in contrast to the uh i'm not sure how to print melissa benwast oh or, or i always um, thought it was like melissa bayonet but i don't think that's how you say that <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's not yeah. but uh which is which is another great if anyone's listening if you're like really interested in supergirl that show in my opinion is actually really good um but clearly a very different take on the character than uh is going to be in this movie um oh yeah yeah like night and day but, different yeah yeah but yeah i'm 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 excited i i like the flash i like uh what's his face as the flash ezra, ezra miller ezra miller yeah and i yeah i'm uh i'm i'm pretty excited for ben this affleck movie. will be in this movie too right pretty sure it, will, as batman willie though I don't know. <laughs> Willie, though, I'm skeptical. I, Maybe. I think he's going to, like, die or something. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. I'm, yeah. We we will see. I, I, I could care less what Ben Affleck does as Batman for the rest of his life, to be honest. Probably just eating out Catwoman. Um, yeah, probably. 
Yeah, that's like Flash is the only character I'm really interested in. And so I just, I'm ready for this movie to come out because I feel like it was supposed to come out a long, long time ago. Just I can't yeah. talk today. I don't know what's going on. Um, do you remember when the DC Universe announced uh, all their films? Let's see, film dates. I want to see if I can find yeah, them. Oh, yeah. Adorable. Absolutely adorable. Let's see. The, the unearned confidence. <laughs> what year would that have been? Like 2014 or something? Dude, it had to be, yeah. Okay, yeah, I found it. Oh, my gosh. I guessed the date. Okay. Warner Brothers announces 10 DC movies, including Wonder Woman. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Batman versus Superman, 2016. Suicide Squad, 2016. Wonder (laughs) Woman, 2017. Justice League Part 1. They were going to do it by parts. Uh, 2017. The Flash hit Cedars in 2018. So we saw that three years ago. Um, Aquaman 2018, Shazam 2019. Okay. Justice League Part 2 2019. Cyborg came out last year. Oh, yeah. Love that Great one. movie. Um, and uh, Green Lantern <laughs> also came out last year, too. Mm. And then they're also working on two more DC movies Superman solo film and a standalone Batman film with Ben Affleck. So. <laughs> we got lots of stuff to look forward to from DC. This was in October 2014 when they announced this. So. Oh man. Wow. You know the uh, I mean I get to their credit, I guess they did actually make a lot of those movies. They did. They did. <laughs> I think it was really just yeah. uh the Flash, Flash Green Lantern and Cyborg were the the ones that didn't make it and part 2 of Justice League. They're like fuck it, we're doing and one Batman. movie. And Batman. Oh, yeah. And another Superman movie. <laughs> Actually, so now that it, I'm yeah. thinking about it, maybe it was half and half they were able to achieve. Yeah, yeah. Sheesh, capiche. All right, Eric, you got anything else for news today? Uh, No, it's no. Uh, Star Wars news has been just absolutely nothing. I, I, I do wonder if Disney deliberately is planning on going like back and forth with just like a shitload of Marvel news and then... I, I assume there will be a drought at some point and it'll just be a shitload of Star Wars news. Um, but yeah, nothing super exciting. I mean, they're like remastering some remasterings, the wrong word, but they're like reprinting some old books and they're doing new ver- new audio books for them. And it's like nobody other than me cares. So, like, so it's just it's just shit like that oh for right my now. Gosh. They're like, listen, we're going full on Steam Marvel right now, and <laughs> it's probably easier for for Marvel as opposed to Star Wars because there's so much of a the, yeah. the central direction is there, and all the yeah. momentum is there too. But damn, there's always so much shit to talk about. Yes, there is. All right, but let's jump into what we are here to discuss this week. Loki episode three. Um, we are off the heels of a six out of six Infinity Stone episode, which was episode two. This week's episode is called Lamentus, uh, which who knows whatever the fuck that is. Maybe we'll find out as we start talking. Um, <laughs> so let's jump into it. Um, there wasn't as much jumping in this episode as there was in previous ones. So um, a lot of it is in one place. Hint, mm. it's lamentous. Um, so <laughs> we open up, the Marvel Studios logo is kind of popping up, and we hear some like kind of like bassy club-type music kind of playing in the background. 
um, I was kind of vibing to it. I was like, okay, let's see where we're going here. Because we kind of left off on a on a big kind of, uh, um, what the fuck? I can't even think today. What is it called? A cliffhanger. Um, yes, yes. Save myself there. And we see Sylvie. I'm just going to call her Sylvie because that's her name. Uh, yep. Sylvie and the minute woman, C20, eating at a restaurant. And I don't know about you, Eric, but when this opened up, I was like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, it's yeah. When I first saw this, my very first thought was, oh, OK, so Sylvie's not Loki confirmed, but it's not quite not quite that simple, no, as we will learn. Not quite. It seems like they're having a regular conversation, mm-hmm. like they've been friends for a while and. They're talking about how this restaurant had been shut down by the health department several times, having a regular conversation. And then randomly, Sylvie just goes, how many people are guarding the timekeepers? <laughs> and I got WandaVision vibes like crazy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like the scene when when Wanda asks about the fact that, uh, what's her name, mentions Ultron. Yeah, yeah. I was like, holy shit, like it's fucking weird. And so, at some point, the conversation kind of restarts, and we realize she's just enchanting her brain while they're at Rock's cart, and she's kind of held captive there, right? Um, mm-hmm. And she kind of resets the, the memory, and they're talking again, and she asks her, how do I find the elevators? To which C-20 replies, they're gold. Oh, yeah. And Sylvie looks happy with the information that she's gotten. Um, yeah. For one, if I was a timekeeper, say I exist, because I don't believe I exist, I would want there to be a little more security around, you know, like, oh, if you find the gold elevators, you can get right to them. Um, but that's <laughs> just me. Um, but yeah, this opening scene was basically showing uh, kind of a visual explanation for what it looks like to have your brain enchanted by Sylvie, I believe. Um, yeah. Super, super interesting stuff. Enchantment seems like a, an extremely interesting power for sure. Uh, one that here's here's a here's a theory coming at you early. One that I believe most of this episode takes place in with. Oh shit! <laughs> Maybe we'll we'll find yeah. out and we'll talk about it. Um, I thought Eric, you might think that this was very. Uh, kind of Professor X, Jean Grey, in a sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Very similar. Um, Big time. But right after the enchantment kind of ends, we also see uh, Sylvie look up at the monitors, and we find out that this was all happening right before the Minutemen and Loki and Mobius show up at Rock's cart. So this opening scene was basically like a prequel to everything that happened in the last episode. Um, after kind of the main show, uh, kind of opening scene, whatever you want to call it, the title card comes through, we are back at the TVA and we find out that Sylvie and Loki kind of took a portal back to the TV, to the TVA from Rock's cart, uh, which I'm not sure where I was expecting them to go, but I wasn't expecting it to be straight to the TVA. Um, and so that was super interesting and we kind of get a few minutes of Sylvie basically, Kicking Minutemen ass, I would say. 
Um, yeah. And she actually tries to enchant one of them, but is unsuccessful. So, I really hope we get an explanation for that moment, because there's just no way that this character would not know that that wasn't going to work. <laughs> like, what is she going for there? Yeah, I think it's like maybe it just happened to be because there's an explanation she has later on. I have the quote written down. Um, this person may have just had like a stronger, a stronger mind than what what she's used to encountering with the Minutemen. I don't know. Um, well, no, I think it doesn't work because powers don't work in the TVA. Oh, and she would have known that. Interesting. It's like how the hell do you not know? Like. Maybe it's just like from she hasn't been in the TVA probably in a long time, maybe it seems. Yeah, but that's if you plan. I mean, she says later this plan is years in the making. If you are that much of a planner, if you're so smart that you're figure out the apocalypse thing, you have all this TVA technology, you know, you know, you know, the secret of their existence which we'll talk about later but you don't know that you can't use powers inside the tva i feel like this is maybe now that i'm realizing exactly why it didn't work because i didn't even think about that um maybe this was to show the audience to remind them that's probably the only purpose of it is so that Mm. be like oh yeah she can't use her powers here they should have made loki do it then i don't like that at all yeah very interesting I, i didn't think about that explanation of it but you're totally right but one one thing I I loved about these scenes though was one, uh, Sylvie's an absolute badass, and two, it's that music is one hundred percent her theme the the Celtic Asgardian kind of yeah. orchestral thing that's one billion percent the Sylvie's theme and easily best theme in the MCU easily which is just like wild. holy shit I get so pumped up the music in from the that show, music so good. Yeah, it is the best. If we could just get that, you know, going forward, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, um, please. So Loki ends up following Sylvie. He grabs his famous daggers. Um, what a is there a better combination? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> and so Loki and Sylvie are fighting, kind of still having their same back and forth that was very similar to to when they were fighting in Rock's cart. Uh, you know, you lack vision, blah 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 blah, um, all these type of things, and they're fighting each other. When Ravana comes in, uh, we had seen her previously grab her fancy little nightstick, her time nightstick is what I'm calling yeah. it, um, when basically the multiverse was being bombed. Um, and she walks up to them and Sylvie kind of holds Loki hostage. She's like, I'll kill him. And Ravana's like, yeah, go for it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I uh, love that part so much. And <laughs> so she comes up to them and she's about to hit him with the time nightstick. And Loki uses the temp pad to drop them through a portal in the ground, and they disappear. And I believe that is the last, yeah, that is the last scene we see in the TVA in this episode. They just completely disappear. Yeah. So we show up, and they crash on the ground, and we don't know where they're at. Um, And basically, they they continue their little fight, Sylvie and Loki, until Sylvie steals the, the temp pad from him. And it shows a sad little Miss Minutes, and it says it's out of juice. Which, let me tell you, <laughs> from a time travel perspective, seems like a huge design flaw. Yeah, yep. 
I would not want to be one of the Minutemen and be like, oh, shoot, I forgot to church this last night. Oh, man. And so that that was a little surprising. I was like, what are they going to do here? Um, and we find out that they are on a moon called Lamentus One. And it is another apocalypse site because it is a moon that is about to be destroyed because a planet is going to explode and crash into it. Which yeah, it's is fucking wild. Yeah, super wild. Um, and I think immediately from when they landed on this moon, um, is when I Jesus Christ, sorry, my dog is trying to get me to play with her. Um, would you agree that this that this series in particular and this episode specifically? Like the the sets and the CGI, I feel like are easily movie quality. They they were pretty good. Um, there's a, there was a couple parts where, um, I guess maybe I always struggle like when the, like we just go to a new planet and everyone's breathing fine and everything just looks kind of like purpley gray. Um, mm-hmm. I always struggle with that a little bit, but it could have easily been a million times worse. I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah. So do you I think I'm I'm just kind of a sucker for like that like cyberpunk neon lights kind of. Oh, well then you must have loved this shit. So yeah, yeah, I did. I really fucking did. Yeah, I mean like I thought it looked really good for what it was. Um you know, there's asteroids or meteors, whatever you want to call them like crashing down all over the place, right? Um basically like a moon on on the verge of collapse, you got rocks flying everywhere. Um my notes I wrote down, Sylvie does not like being called Loki. She's, yeah. she's mentioned that a few times. And this is the part where we also see Sylvie kind of walks up to Loki, and she looks like she's about to start, you know, getting getting hot and heavy. But then she tries to enchant Loki. And I think this is, Eric, the scene that you wanted <laughs> to talk about. Because yeah. from what we see, it appears she tries to enchant him and is unsuccessful. Yeah, but uh, but in my mind, she actually is not unsuccessful. She enchants him there, and she kind of gives an explanation later in the episode where she says if the mind is weak, she can just completely take it over. But if the mind isn't weak, then she has to kind of control, she has to kind of create and control a situation where she is in this person's mind, but the other person is still present, similar to what we already saw earlier in the episode with the uh, TVA soldier. So I think that she did enchant him, but obviously Loki's mind is not weak. Um, And so the entire rest of the episode is basically her just fucking with him, um, trying to get him to give her the tempad. However... I'm not 100% on this because I do think... I have another theory that's different from later on, too. Okay. I'll. Do you want to say it right now, or let's, you, you want to wait? wait to, let's wait till the train, I think, and we'll talk about that. Okay. But I, I do have the quote here. I wanted to kind of back you up. Sylvie explains in Chapman, she says this, I have to make physical contact and then grab hold of their mind. It depends on the mind. Most are easy, and I can overtake them instantly. Others, the stronger ones, it gets tricky. I'm in control, but they're there too. In order to preserve the connection, I have to create a fantasy from their memories. 
Hmm. And you call me the magician. Yeah, he says that so many <laughs> times. Um, so hold on to that thought. We'll have more conversations about this as the episode goes on. But there's lots of prevailing theories about what's going on in this episode. Yeah. Um, and so Loki kind of has a jab at Sylvie. He's like, oh, so you changed your name. Um, and he kind of makes comments of he's like, well, I would never do that. You know, when he's talking about, you know, destroying the... TVA rather than like leaving a power vacuum and taking it over. And Sylvie says, what exactly makes a Loki a Loki? To which Loki replies, independence, authority, and style. Um, which seems very spot on for the Loki that we've seen uh, in the <laughs> MCU so far. Um, there was one more scene uh, where basically Loki and Sylvie walk up to what I would call a cyberpunk trailer. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> They're looking to try and find out where everyone's at because all these towns are deserted. And there's this old lady and Sylvie walks up, opens the door, and she just like blasts her with like this like laser rocket launcher thing. (laughs) And so Loki right after sees a picture in the window of this woman and what appears to be her husband who's likely dead. And he uh, changes his appearance to look like this guy and walks in front of the door and is like, Hello, dear. It's been some time. Like, you look so beautiful. And then she just blasts him, too. Uh, she's like, oh, and never said a nice thing to me in 30 years. Um, and from that scene, they basically just find out that everyone is going to the train so that they can take the train to the Ark, which is basically a spaceship to get people off this moon that's going to explode in, like, the next day. Um and so that's kind of the last we see of kind of the outskirts of Lamentus One. Um, Eric, anything else for this before we get to the train scene? Um, nah, I don't think so. I I I liked this scene. Oh, I remember what I was going to say about this scene. I didn't write it down. So as they're leaving, she goes, "You'll never get a ticket," and it's like you just saw this person. Shape shift into right. your dead loved one. You think they can't figure it out? Like <laughs> you, how fucking dumb is this random person? Yeah, but that is really funny. So like from the perspective of this woman, like no big deal. Like you just turned into my dead husband. Yeah, <laughs> but good luck getting that ticket. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's no way you'll be able to get a ticket. Sheesh, capiche. Um, okay, so basically, Sylvie and Loki approach this train. And it's as we all expected, all of the fucking space billionaires are walking on with their with their clothes that look like they're from the Capitol and the Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. Fuck them. Meanwhile, like all the workers and, and people have been waiting in line for hours and they're just going to all die. Um, <laughs> so Loki, what, what do we call Loki's power? Because he's not doing enchantment. He's doing something else. I can't remember what he called it. Um, but he, he changes his his body to impersonate a guard. He's wearing all the guard clothes, which yeah. look ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I think they purposely made these outfits look like, uh, you know, like, a, like an Oompa Loompa Olympic space skiers. guard. Oh, sure. Sure. An Oompa Loompa space guard. Sure. <laughs> That's what they look like to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just so thinking a skier. They basically talk their way onto the train uh loki loki was just, he's like i have a plan he just impersonates the guard they walk up doesn't really work and so sylvie enchants the guard 
uh, so that they can get on the train. And she has a great line where she's like, that's not a plan. A plan involves steps. Like, that was just a thing you did. (laughs) Which basically (laughs) is everything Loki ever does. He always says he has a plan, but it's always just like one simple manipulation of some sort. Yeah, oh yeah. And so now they're on the train. Everyone's, you know, everyone's good. And they're they're taking off uh, from the train stop. And Loki and Sylvie start talking about their mom. And Sylvie kind of makes a comment that she knew that she was adopted early on, which shocks Loki because it took him a while to find out. Um, but apparently Sylvie barely remembers her mother. She says just blips of a dream at this point. Um, which, I don't know. Eric, how are you feeling about this whole Sylvie thing? Because now we we have her name as Sylvie Laufey Daughter. Or Doter, which basically is instead of Laufey's son, she is the daughter of Laufey. Um, mm-hmm. Are you still kind of on board with like the fact that Sylvie is a Loki? I, I don't. I would say I was never on board with the fact that Sylvie was a Loki. I don't think she is. I don't think she is. I think I think that this is going to turn out that it's going to be similar to the comic books, where Lo- I think there is going to be a Loki. But I think a Loki basically made Sylvie believe that she is. Um... So this is another like she thought. Thinks I had. She's a Loki almost in a sense. Yeah, she thinks she's Asgardian, um, yeah. which is basically the deal with the uh, Sylvie in, in the comics, from from what I understand. Um, but I, I I felt that pretty strongly during the first scene too, when you see Sylvie just as a normal Earth human. Where it's like, oh, this is just like clearly a normal person. She seemed to be, she seemed to be comfortable in just a normal Earth situation in a way that even our Loki, there's no way he would have been. Right. Um, and I wonder if that's because she is just a normal Earthling, and uh, who got enchanted by a a different Loki to believe that she is a Loki or an Asgardian or whatever, whatever. I think I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you. That's the entire time. I was just thinking about that. Cause it seems like they're kind of playing both sides, but I think the only way it makes sense is that she, she still thinks that she's a Loki, but she's actually not. Um, yeah. I, I think she definitely thinks that she is, but maybe that's why she has such a subconscious, like, revulsion. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, don't call to me being that. Called. Yeah. Maybe um, she, on some level, she knows. But here's okay, so here's another reason why I think <laughs> I, like I almost wish they were both Lokis, but like th- they're for sure gonna bang, right? Oh my gosh. Am I nuts? I saw I saw people on Twitter saying like, uh uh-huh, Loki and Sylvie acting like siblings. I was like, siblings? Like Maybe the kind you see on Pornhub. Oh my gosh. I felt like I felt like the sexual tension was off the charts. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know if they'll show it, but they're fucking for sure. Yeah. But but that but that also made me wonder, like, well, maybe the same happened with like maybe she is not Loki, maybe she met a Loki, maybe they fell in love, maybe he's like, here, take my powers and be immortal or whatever. I don't know. I mean, this is all wild speculation. None of it's going to be true, I'm sure. But that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I think it's more of like a, a different Loki seduced her to use her. Uh, yeah, it could be. Could, like so a more evil anything. Loki. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'll find out. Um, 
so this was kind of a big moment, especially online. They start talking about love. And mm-hmm. Sylvie, clearly jaded, says, maybe love is hate. To which Loki, like, pulls out, like, uh, from thin air. I, I need to remember exactly what he calls his powers. Um, a Basically, like, a quill and a pen. And Duplication like, casting. What's that? Duplication casting, yeah, I think Duplication casting, perfect, yep. Um, so, yeah, he, like, duplicates and casts a quill and, like, a pen. He's like, let me write this down as if she said something, like, you know, really awe-inspiring. Maybe love is hate. Um, and so <laughs> Sylvie goes, well, how about you? You're a prince. Must have been a would-be princess or perhaps another prince. To which Loki replied, a bit of both. I suspect the same as you, but nothing ever. And then he kind of lets that sentence fade away. But the internet kind of lost its mind at this point because it basically confirms like the, the first major queer character in the MCU being Loki as bisexual. Mm-hmm. I, di- I did see this, and then I saw the response, which I tend to agree with, that uh, people really aren't giving props to uh, Mr. Jeff Goldblum's character in Thor Ragnarok, who clearly uh, was as pansexual as pansexual could be, because that guy was banging absolutely everybody, guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's no, my he would he would fuck anybody in that spaceship, <laughs> For no sure. doubt about. It. But, but no, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's that's, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I th- I think it makes uh, it, yeah, it, it's makes per. I real I really truly believe I, I mentioned this in a, in a past episode where it's like these characters that live for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. If these characters had a sexuality that was unchanged throughout hundreds of years, that's just crazy. To me, that makes no sense. Like you, any character that lives a long time inevitably is going to be bisexual or pansexual. They're not going to stick to one sexual orientation. That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous idea. So boring. Exactly. So it makes makes perfect sense to me. Um yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> there was um there was a bunch of people that were like this is all just pandering to the LGBT community. Oh my fucking god. Making Loki, you know, part of that community. <laughs> and so yeah. I saw a meme <laughs> it just said this. Um it says, this is what some of you sound like complaining about the latest episode of Loki. And so this is the text. Says, I've heard some rumors that Nick Fury is going to mention that he once had a girlfriend in the next MCU movie. Like, come on, do you think we're that stupid? They're clearly just pandering to the straight audience. Why else would they suddenly give him a romantic backstory after 13 years and 11 movies in the MCU? If he was really straight, they would have had him mention it before. Now it just seems so forced. Um, so, well, man. I, for one, am sick and goddamn tired of the LGBTQ plus community shoving their goddamn rainbows down our throats. <laughs> and I won't stand for it anymore. Darn and I'm going to say so on Twitter in reference to a Marvel, basically a kid's show. <laughs> Everybody needs to know my rage. It's super important that everyone hears this. <laughs> oh, man. I love, I love when people hate things that they consume. On a weekly basis. 
Yeah, it's so it's like, what's, what's wrong with you? Um, all right, so that was that was a big moment. Um, and so basically, after this conversation, Sylvie falls asleep, which is kind of surprising, but she was exhausted. They kept mentioning how she was exhausted, and she wakes up to basically drunk Loki, no longer disguised as a guard, just singing as guardian drinking songs to the entire train. Yes, which yes. this was the first time I think in the MCU we heard Asgardian, which I think technically was Norwegian in in real life, but uh Yeah, that makes sense. This, this is the first time we heard actual Asgardian as a language, uh which was interesting. Um and holy shit, just like the music sounded great. Um it was super cool to listen to <laughs> to Loki singing it. Um, and then at the very end of the song, he smashes his champagne glass and says, another <laughs> yeah, <laughs> classic Asgardian move, which was this great, <laughs> very, very reminiscent of his brother. Oh, yeah. And you can tell Sylvie's concerned because there's some white ass dude that's like, I don't know who these people are, but they don't belong here. And uh, so he leaves. And so she's a little concerned. She's like, why aren't you in your disguise? And <laughs> Loki's like, I got an answer to your question. And he says, Love is a dagger. It's a weapon to be wielded far away or up close. You can see yourself in it. It's beautiful until it makes you bleed. But ultimately, when you reach for it, it isn't real. And so Sylvie's like, love is an imaginary dagger? And he goes, doesn't make sense, does it? She said, no, that's a terrible (laughs) metaphor. (laughs) Which I think was funny because out of like WandaVision, we had some really great quotes. And so I feel like they were almost kind of playing around with this, like trying to make some really deep quote about what love means and is and uh, just kind of making a joke out of it. Well, I think the sentiments. I think I agree with a lot of the the sentiment of that quote. I think the ultimately it's it is silly because it's right. uh, it's an imaginary dagger, but it's like. What what is it? What is the first thing he says? Love is a it, dagger. It's it's beautiful. It's a weapon to be wielded far away ah, yep, or yep, up yep, close. Yep, 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 yep. You can see yourself in it. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Until it makes you bleed. Yep. But but ultimately, when you reach for it, it isn't real. I mean, I, I could see. I could see. I understand that interpretation of love. I don't know if yeah. I agree with it, but I understand it. Yeah, I feel like they almost turned it into a joke just so that it wouldn't be too sappy in a sense, but it almost yeah. like it has some it has something to it. There's no doubt yeah, about it. Yeah, totally. Um I also want to mention before we move on uh that yeah, that Asgardian folk song particularly there's like a long moment where Loki kind of shuts everybody up and he does like a little just a more somber sounding uh just solo part to the song where it's like not every, you know, nobody's hooting and hollering anymore there. It's just Loki and he's singing and it's like, I thought it was really like kind of haunting and and really beautiful. Yeah. It's Um, like like an acapella kind of ballad section of it where he's just singing on his own. Oh, it was beautiful. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. and, And I think it's just, once again, it's like, and, and you're right. It must be, I keep saying, I keep saying it's like, to me, I, I'm interpreting uh, Sylvie's theme as like Celtic, but you're you're right. It's it's probably Norwegian. Um, it, but I, I think just the influence is so cool. I mean, it's just not a style of music that you hear in popular culture ever, literally. And I mean, you hear it at like Renaissance festivals, 
And it's, so it's like, it's so fucking cool. And, and to see it mesh so well with like epic cinematic orchestral sounds. Um, and and even in, in that case, just mesh so well with like a drinking song, like a folk song. Yeah. It's just like so fucking cool. I don't think um, you were wrong in, in saying that there's definitely some some Celtic stuff in there too. Um yeah, yeah. The language yeah, was definitely be. Norwegian, but I think like especially in the last episode and her theme, there's some Celtic in there too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's probably kind of like a little bit of a mix of both of those, but very similar uh like older styles of music, you're right. Like you don't hear that uh, yeah. often or at all, really. So um the music direction just fucking top tier. Incredible. Um so shortly kind of the, to wrap up this kind of sequence or scene in this show or this episode um basically the guards come back and they realize like hey show us your ticket loki's drunk doesn't have his ticket um <laughs> a fight ensues and he just gets thrown right off the train like through a window um and sylvie sees this so she jumps right out after him and that's the last we see of the train um which i'm not sure what i was expecting i wasn't expecting him to get thrown from the train um but yeah, they both land right outside the tracks, and and that is the last we see of the train heading towards the Ark. Yeah. So here is where I have a theory. Oh, um, here is also where I have a piece of evidence that goes against my theory. So I'm very interested ooh. to hear what what you're about to say. Okay, so they both are kind of shaken off like <laughs> all the dust and shit from their from their clothes. And she's like, give me the temp pad or whatever. And so Loki pulls it out. We see the duplication casting kind of, it looks as if he's unhiding the temp pad from wherever he got it from. And it's completely destroyed. There's like smoke coming from it. And Sylvie like just like loses it. She's like, you've killed us. You know, she gets super pissed. She like does like this like spell towards the ground and like screams. She's super upset. So sick. I love that part. Her scream. She's like, does that make you feel better? (laughs) Um, So here's what I think. I don't think the temp pad was destroyed. I think that this was just another casting to make her think it was so that she'd stop trying to get it from him. Mm. And I think that that was all just a ruse. Just like how he can make absolutely anything up out of thin air. Yeah, yeah. I think he completely made up the fact that the temp pad's destroyed so that he can maybe kind of break through and understand what else it is that she exactly wants, what the plan is, um, and that he still has the temp pad. Now he has a one-up on her. That's my theory. I think that's a very good theory. I think that's a very good theory. I think that is very plausible. Um, And yeah, I think this scene kind of... I think this scene makes my previous theory harder to swallow because of of the fact that she does, she just takes a knife and puts it to his throat and is like, all right, I'm just give me the, give me the temp pad. And I feel like that's not, I don't know if that would be effective if in, in an enchantment scenario, because if it was, then why not just do that all the time? Like, why didn't she just threaten the, the, the minute, the minute woman? uh right earlier <laughs> like if that's you, if it's that easy you know what like thinking about your theory too like she was asleep for at least some portion of time too at least that's what we're shown she is right on the right. train and so it's like can you still enchant someone while you're asleep i don't know who knows the rules to these things um well if it if the whole thing was an enchantment then i would guess that that wasn't 
Oh, real. yeah. Okay, I see what you're but, saying. But yeah, it's like uh, I don't know if you ever read like uh, X Force, like Phantom X type stuff. Um, no, I have. He's like a character that could basically like create like all these kind of fantasy type visions where like things would happen, but none of it was actually real. And so whenever you were reading the comics, like something crazy would happen. You'd be like, oh shit, this is just like Phantom X. It's like creating it. And so from a storytelling perspective, like you could literally show anything and then just refute it whenever you wanted to. Um, that would be pretty wild if that was what it was. Yeah. I'd like to think that Loki is still a little bit more cunning than he's letting on. No, I like that. I like that. I, I hope that is true. So at this point, Sylvie's pissed. Loki's just kind of bumbling along as if like he didn't just kill himself, which makes me question things as well. And they basically decide uh, to go hijack the Ark. She's like, the Ark doesn't ever take off because it gets destroyed. And Loki says, well, we were never on it, were we? And so they both decide to just go follow the tracks and go to whatever this little city is on Lamentus One, where this Ark is going to take off and basically be the last hope for the civilization. Uh, when in the normal timeline, it just gets destroyed, everyone dies, which is pretty fucked. Um, <laughs> and so while they're walking, we get what I consider to be the biggest revelation of this episode. Sylvie explains enchantment, which was the quote I gave you earlier. And then she says this. She says, that young soldier from the TVA, her mind was messed up, everything clouded. I had to pull a memory from hundreds of years prior before she fought for them. And Loki, very like shocked, says, what? What did you say before she joined the TVA? And she says, yeah, she was just a regular person from Earth. Love margaritas. And Loki says, I was told that everyone who works for the TVA was created by the timekeepers. To which Sylvie replies, that's ridiculous. They're all variants just like us. So, boom, that theory has just been proven true. Yeah. Which is super fucked up. And poor Mobius, he just wants to go on a fucking jet ski. Is it? I mean, is it fucked up, though? What's more fucked up? Just killing all of these variants or allowing them to live? I mean, I guess what's the difference, right? Give me liberty like or give are... me death. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, it's just it's weird from the sense of like um, these people clearly still have some inkling of a memory in their brain. You know, the soldier was like, it's real. It's real. It's real. And and so it's like, yeah, it's, you know, it, I guess it depends on what the TVA actually is. Is it an yeah. evil organization that actually doesn't have good motives? Um, but it's crazy knowing that, you know, they're told that they were created and that they didn't have a past life that they're supposed to remember, but they're all just variants that are basically forced into some role within this shadowy time organization outside of space and time itself. Um, lots of philosophical questions in there. Yeah, for sure. I am uh, very excited to see what that, ends up as i still think i'm 100 percent on board that we are in the quantum realm that that's where the tva is mm, uh, yeah i'm no, really I, excited I like though that. i mean like the, the scary thing i don't know eric the entire time i was watching this show this episode i was like we are halfway through right now i know but so, also such a what bummer. confuses me too is we have a second season greenlit for this show too yeah so uh, which I'm so fucking happy about. 
sister. It's very weird trying to figure out, you know, because whenever I, I don't know if you do this, like when I'm watching shows, I'm like trying to think of like, where are they going to end this? Where is this going? What am I going to expect? In this one, I have no fucking clue. Yeah, none. None at all. Whereas like WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I feel like we had a decent idea of how the show was going to end. Like, oh, she's going to get out of the town. Okay. And then, you know, everything will go back to normal or, okay, you know, John Walker's not going to be Captain America anymore and Sam Wilson will be. Like, we we get a general idea. Um, But since this one has multiple seasons, it's kind of really hard to tell exactly where we're going. Yeah, it's super open-ended. So we'll see. Maybe that's a good thing. Um, Yeah. So I think this is kind of the last sequence. I just call it the Lamentous One City. Um, Basically, very reminiscent of Sakaar from Thor Ragnarok, I'd say. Um, Eric, kind of your neon cyberpunk kind of aesthetic. Yeah, I loved it. Um, this was to me, you know, where where you were mentioning the CGI early on. I thought all the best CGI was in this sequence. Yeah, um, totally. In terms of the set and just how everything looked. Um, basically, everyone's rioting everywhere because everyone's about to die. <laughs> you know, it's an apocalypse. Uh, yeah. Um, and they're quite aware that the bourgeois are on their little arc. Meanwhile, everyone that did everything and worked uh, is fucked. Um, and so. Sylvie and Loki are running through basically mayhem um, and they're fighting these guards that are trying to keep control of the city and just fighting all over the place. You know, there's there's guns and rockets exploding all over the place. And this was the most confusing scene for me is they are running and a a kind of antenna tower crashes down onto the ground. And so they turn and they run away from that. And then we see the building like a huge, huge, huge building come falling down and it's about to land on top of Sylvia and Loki and like just kill them. Like no doubt about it, kill them. And Loki just kind of like crosses his arms and uses some sort of magic to stop it right above them and put it right back into place. No, 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 no. I don't think he puts it back into place. I think he just moves. I think he just throws it back. It To me, it seemed way outside of the power scale of Loki that we've seen previously. Completely uh, threw me for a loop. I think I disagree. I mean, we've seen him throw shit around before. I gotta, I gotta watch this scene now. Here. We've, uh, we've, we've seen him. I, I believe in, uh, Thor of the dark world. When he's in his prison cell, he has a little tantrum. And he and he uses uh, telekinesis or whatever that power is to just throw shit around with the, with his mind. So this is definitely on a much bigger scale, but it's like we don't know. I mean, sk- size matters not, as as Yoda says. <laughs> size so. matters. Not. I can't do my Yoda right now. I was going to try and do the Yoda, <laughs> but I can't. Do it. Okay, so I'm watching it right now. He stops it yeah. right above their head. And mm-hmm. it goes completely backwards. All of the clouds from the explosion go back and the building goes exactly back as it was. And so at this point, he has the time stone. Uh, you heard it here first. Okay. And to okay. anyone who's saying that it should be glowing green then, the dude can cast whatever he wants. So I think he can stop some glowing green from appearing. But if you go back and look at the scene, at the very end of the episode, it reminds me very much of the scene in Doctor Strange where he kind of stops everything from collapsing. Yeah. And knowing that he saw all those time stones and that he's outside of the TVA now, 
I think Loki has more than he's showing. And to me, that seems exactly like a time stone type thing. Interesting. I could, I could definitely see that, but I, but I do think that he, that I'm getting excited. He, yeah. You should probably prepare yourself for that. Just being a Loki power. <laughs> oh, you're right. I'm a fist myself, but, but I, I mean, I, it's like, I like that for this one specific scene, but I do not like, I mean, you know, my thoughts on the, on the infinity stones, like, yep. I don't, you should go watch it though. Like you should watch a scene and just see how it goes back at the very minimum. Yeah. It just, that, that's the part that to me, I'm watching it again here. It just, yeah, that is sketchy the, for sure. The way it goes back and like the clouds of the smoke kind of go right back to where they were. It's yeah. totally not a, I'm just moving this and it's, I'm reversing what happened. Fuck. Yeah. And I feel like they wouldn't cheap out on the special effects just to make it cheaper for just and that one part. Fuck. And he did throw those little green fireballs too. Yep earlier in the episode which is kind of random so we'll see uh, that that to me that scene i i paused and i was like i need to watch that again because what the fuck was that um i know he has some powers that he's done stuff like that before it just it seems out of place to me yeah oh i hope it's not a time <sighs> i really fucking hope it's not the time stone we'll see that would we'll be really i think annoying. this next episode is going to be really interesting um, I think Tom Hiddleston did say that episodes four and five were his favorite. Um, uh, the director do. said episodes four and five are are like batshit, like they yeah. go really crazy. So and I'm, that was so before excited. episode six was even finished because episode six got finished like last week. Oh wow! Okay, uh, with all the editing and everything. So, um, I guess basically to kind of top this episode off, um, they they basically keep running. They're going through everything, and they look up. And the ship gets hit by like a gigantic asteroid and just explodes right in front of them. Oh, yeah. While it's getting ready to take off. And Sylvie just gets this look of like, well, we're fucked. And she literally just walks away. Dude, I loved I, I don't know what it was about it, but I, I loved that move where because Loki's just kind of standing there just like staring, shocked. shocked. <laughs> and then Sylvie immediately just like turns around and walks away. I don't know why. I just felt like it just that scene hit me uh hit me hard. <laughs> it's like it shows the the real difference between the two the two characters I felt like. Absolutely. No, it's it's I loved it too. It was a big character moment where it's just like, yep, he's going to stand there in shock thinking about it and she's just fucking pissed. Yeah. And I love it. Um, she seems a lot more decisive cuz even when they were deciding, you know, Loki's like, hey, let's let's go, let's go hijack the thing. And then immediately Sylvie's just like, okay. And she stands up and just starts walking. And it's like, oh, that's kind of unexpected. <laughs> like, she just seems very decisive. Yeah, no, I like it too. I, I love everything about her character. I feel like they handled Dude, it really well. Dude, she's the best. She's she is easily my favorite new Marvel character in like a long time. Same. Big fan. Easily same. Um, and so yeah, we'll see. This I feel like this episode was a lot different from the last one, uh, but I've watched yeah. it three times now. Um, wow, and enjoyed it a lot. Um, so. Yeah, I'm, I'll keep it at that. I want to I want to go straight to ratings unless you have any other last words, Eric. Well, I want to talk about my timeline 
theory. Ooh, yes. Let's do it. So this is somewhat based on, this is not a spoiler. They release trailers for the next episode and we see Sylvie as a small child. Oh, really? I haven't watched any of these. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. uh, Basically, we see that Sylvie existed as Sylvie as a small child. That's all I'll say because that's all that's relevant to my theory. So, for that to be a thing, that means that Sylvie, if Sylvie is Loki, would have had to alter from the story of the sacred timeline uh, centuries ago. In, in 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 Asgardian timeline, right? If if she's a child and mm-hmm. she already is a child, made the decision, I'm no longer Loki. I'm going to be Sylvie. Then that timeline was altered centuries ago, which well, she means, is a variant, right? Yeah, yeah. But you and and look, maybe the maybe they'll disprove this next week. I'm going off the assumption that a literal child is not going to outwit the TVA for hundreds of years. Um, so, so, so based on that assumption, only two things could be true. Either there are multiple universes within the sacred timeline that are all part of a timeline, but it's like there's the universe where... Uh, Loki is Sylvie. There's the universe where Loki is whatever, whatever, whatever. There's infinite universes, but as long as all those infinite universes all do what they're supposed to, they're all part of the sacred timeline. So either that is true, or it means that there's one, quote, universe, and there are infinite timelines, but the timekeepers only care about keeping the one timeline pruned, quote unquote, and correct. Because as long as that Hmm. timeline exists, then everything's good. And, and And the variants are just variants that are fucking up that one timeline. Because Loki... I just don't understand how, like, we've seen all of the Marvel movies we've seen up to this point have taken place in the sacred timeline. So we know the route that Loki is meant to take throughout the sacred timeline. If that route is fucked up before we even meet the character of Loki in the movies, then how can the character of Sylvie even exist? I, 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 I'm hurting my own brain talking about this, but like, yeah, I, I hope shit, I hope I'm making enough sense to like, I just think they have to explain this further because this, there are some gigantic plot holes if they don't. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm kind of with, if, if I'm understanding you correctly, I think, I think the sacred timeline is just being protected from every other timeline and every other multiverse. I think that would be great. I, I, I think that would make sense to me. And so like somehow a variant. See, I guess the weird thing is that they said that like you don't become a variant just because you time travel. 
You become a variant because you do what you're not supposed to do. Right. So it seems to me that whoever is in charge of the TVA, King the Conqueror, um, (laughs) basically just wants to ensure that a singular future or type of future happens for some reason. Right. Which to me means that they just want whatever future benefits them to happen and they don't want anyone to have any sort of deviation from that. Um, so yeah, maybe I need to watch like that little miss minutes video again. <laughs> yeah, seriously, because that's the most exposition <laughs> yeah. we got for it. Um, but I mean like the multiversal war was happening. So basically all the different multiverses were fighting and then they created the sacred timeline to protect from that so it's yeah, like which implies that they're using the two interchangeably right exactly yeah so it's like timeline and multiverse are the same thing yeah so basically the sacred timeline is just like let's make sure none of the other multiverses can fuck around with this timeline i don't know it the time travel gets really fucky and like yeah it does. hearing you talk about it i'm like fuck like what what the fuck like <laughs> I don't know, you know, like it's, All I it's know, wild. I had a revelation in my notes. In my notes, I wrote multiple timelines, one million percent confirmed. So I, I had a revelation when I was watching. It's one of those things that's like my subconscious brain worked it out better than my conscious brain can explain it. But it's like I feel like the existence of Sylvie at that age basically makes it impossible that. There's only a single sacred timeline with no other alternate universes or alterations or whatever, whatever, whatever. Like there has to be way, 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 way more. Yeah, no, I I think I'm with you for sure. Uh, Because otherwise it just doesn't really add up. Yeah. Um, But I think maybe at this point it's purposely vague. True, true, true. Um. I'm looking forward to getting more of those answers, though. That's for sure. Yeah, big time. Because this type of shit, I just love it. Yeah, same here. Love it, love it. All right. Are you ready to rate this episode, my friend? I'm ready. All righty. Um, I'll go first this time. I think I've been making you go first the last okay. couple of times. Okay. Um, so definitely a hard episode to follow. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, when you go from a six, you're either like just having another crazy fucking episode that's, you know, balls to the wall amazing, or you're most likely going a little bit step down. I, I didn't enjoy this one as much as the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, I still thought it was really good. Um, I'm really excited to see where this goes. I really missed out on Owen Wilson not being in this. Yeah. Um, that chemistry was missing. And, this episode was very linear for the most part. Yeah, we yeah, it was. Basically just, you know, popped up at the TVA. They went to Lamentis and spent Lem- all their time at Lamentis. Um, and there wasn't really much cutting back and forth between anything. It was all very linear, just Loki and Sylvie on Lamentis one. Um, I think I enjoyed, let me, I'm, I'm looking through, I enjoyed kind of the the explanation visually and verbally of enchantment. Um, I liked seeing those scenes with Sylvie and C20. Uh, the whole temp pad thing, not having battery, I just still think is really funny. Um, Cause it's like, you can literally 
move between <laughs> time and space, but you need batteries. Um, I liked learning more about Sylvie. The music was great. Hearing the Asgardians singing was great. Um, kind of just the whole learning that the entire TVA like workforce are variants. Uh, obviously, Loki coming out as as by basically within the MCU, which is like the first thing was great. And so I think this is like a solid four for me. Um, I thought it was I thought it was really good. Um, I, I wanted more for sure, especially after that last episode, since it was fucking wild. Um, the last episode felt to me like a series finale or something or season finale. <laughs> yeah, episode. it kind of did. Yeah. So it's it's really hard to follow. But I, you know. Kind of going by six is amazing, five is great, four is good. I'd say this is a really, really good episode um, that I enjoyed, but definitely not not as amazing as the last. Nice, yeah, I I uh, I, I tend to agree with the uh, with almost everything you just said. Um, I think I am going to give it a five out of six personally, uh, just because it did. Um, really when they were running around Lamentus in the city, it really hit me of like, oh fuck, this is Doctor Who for sure. The, and the, like one of the best episodes ever made of Doctor Who. It would, yeah. is oh, like yeah. what it would compare to. And I am a, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. So I loved that. I am just, I mean, I couldn't possibly love Sylvie as a character anymore. And while I did miss Owen Wilson, I thought the banter between Loki and Sylvie um, was as good, just different, and and it makes me really excited. I hope we get Loki, Sylvie, and Mobius uh, banter at some point. Um, Just because, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sure it'll be great. Uh, But yeah, I literally cannot speak highly enough about just how much I really love sylvie as a character um that i have never heard of that actress before the show she is fucking killing it uh so ridiculously good there's just like a there's just like a formidability to the to that character that is just like always there i feel like and and it's just super impressive to me there's something um, to be said about just like you don't know that much about this character, but you feel like you know a lot about this character. Yeah, like you yeah. know like who she is. Yeah, well, you know who she is, and, and it's like it helps that the character. Well, two things. It, it helps that the character itself can stand uh, against you know the Loki that we know, and and you know be every bit his equal. And then the same can be said about the actress it's like obviously with with an actress particularly that like i'm not familiar with you know maybe she's done a lot of things but it's like this is tom hiddleston like he's very good like he <laughs> like very very good so it's like if you're gonna put anybody on screen where the majority of the episode is just those two like this the quote-unquote secondary better be fucking great and she is she was so it's like that's just like super super impressive to me. Um uh oh, I also found out one thing I really like about this show is the director Kate Heron 
is actually directing all six episodes herself. Um, it's not the kind of deal with, uh, you know, some, some of the other shows and some of the Star Wars shows where it's like there's kind of a showrunner and like a head writer, but there are multiple directors. Um, Kate Heron is directing all six episodes, which I think it nearly always makes for a better show. Um, so I, I love that she is fucking killing it. Um, I'm, I'm really, in, I haven't done this yet, but I'm really interested to see what else, uh, Kate Heron has directed just because this is just so unbelievably my shit so far. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm such a giant fan of this show. So it's five, but you, you definitely, uh, Hard to live up to last week's for sure. So so five out of six for me. Um, just big fan. Yeah, I think that's super valid. Um, it is worth noting I got two things based off what you just said. Yeah, yeah. All of the Marvel Disney Plus series have been operating that way as well. As opposed okay. to the, the Star Wars one. Ah, so each okay. one has their own director for the entire the entire series. At nice. least so far. That's... that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunate for for Falcon and Winter Soldier because that right. would have been that would have been a great thing to blame the uh, disjointedness of that on, but yeah, it was a Carrie Scogland or something. <laughs> but there is a TV show um, that I believe was directed by the director of this show. It's called Sex Education. I think yeah, it's on I've Netflix. Heard of, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. It's basically like a teenage boy has a mom that's a sex therapist. Um. And they like set up an underground sex therapy clinic at their school. <laughs> um, and I believe it's it's pretty well received. Yeah. Um, but I know she directed that one. But I think she also wrote quite a bit. Or I, I don't know. But I am 100% on board with everything you just said about her because so far everything's been great. Yeah. Um, so super exciting stuff. And I'm glad they're doing that too. I just, the singular vision of it all, uh, minus Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, seems to have worked quite well yes for sure all righty i love it a five and a four perfect i almost gave it a five but uh i figure with how things are going i feel like it's gonna keep going up so yeah it might uh, it might chris's voice is in the back of my head always I was like, you can't get everything <laughs> um all right let's jump over to recommendations mm-hmm. eric what do you got for us this week all right, so we talked about this, and I asked if I had already recommended the game Mass Effect, and you said no, but I really feel I like think, I have. I don't think we did. I don't think so. Well, then I'll, I'll do two. If I haven't recommended Mass Effect as, as a the video game Mass Effect, um, big recommendation for that. Incredible achievement in terms of... Uh, and, you know, th- this game... I'm playing the remaster that just came out. This game is considered a classic and I see why it's just like it builds this totally new extremely fleshed out sci-fi universe um that is super impressive to me just go based on nothing and and the a big part of that is this game you know the the legend is that back in the day they made these Knights of the Old Republic games they're Star Wars games uh, they made one and two. They were working on three, and then start, whoever owned the Star Wars license at the time was like, "JK, LOL, uh, you can't make this game a Star Wars game anymore." So basically, what they did was they're like, "All right, well, we put a lot of work into this, so we're just gonna make 
it's going to be a Star Wars game, but it's not going to be a Star Wars game, if that makes sense. And so basically they just kind of uh, took the the skeleton of what they had, created this whole new sci-fi universe, and it's like super fleshed out. It's super interesting. Um, huge fan, really huge fan. Uh, so that one, if, you, if you're into video games, definitely play Mass Effect if you haven't yet, and if you're into, like, sci-fi stuff. Um, but also, uh, more accessible for everyone, check out the movie Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping, uh, starring Andy Samberg. It's super funny. It's basically a movie. It's like a, uh, I think they're called mockumentaries, where it's like a documentary oh, on... Yeah, it's like a documentary on... If Andy Samberg was basically like Justin Timberlake, but if Justin Timberlake was like the dumbest person in the entire world, (laughs) and it's just like, oh man, it's so funny. It's just like the story of this pop star being in a group and then kind of, you know, the group getting jealous because he was... He was uh, kind of breaking out a little bit and then he had a solo career and then it's just... Uh, the ups and downs of of the of the music industry, but it's like it is a straight up comedy. Like the way I just described it is a million times more serious than that movie is. It is outrageously uh funny and just like an outrageous storyline. So high, and I know I'm years late to this, but but I, I feel like it never really got a huge amount of hype. So pop star never stop, never stopping. Uh, really funny, really fucking funny. Highly recommend. Well, apparently the theme of the recommendations today is is way late to the party. Um, and I'm going to give you a story <laughs> for why my recommendation is what it is. Um, if you have not listened to Olivia Rodrigo's album Sour, oh okay, you need to listen to it because it is six out of six Infinity Stones easy. Wow. Um, track to track, every single one is a banger. Um, so if you like really angsty pop um, that has kind of like a pop punk influence in some in some instances, um, highly, highly recommend it. You need to listen to Olivia Rodrigo's Sour. Um, and so I've been playing that literally daily for weeks since it came out. And so started getting into Olivia Rodrigo. This is like her first album. And so I wanted to watch on Disney Plus the series High School Musical, the musical, the series, because that's what she's famous (laughs) from. Right. But I had never seen High School Musical before. And so in the last week or two, I watched High School Musical one and two uh, (laughs) with my partner. And those songs have been stuck in my head every goddamn day. For like the last two weeks, all these songs from the, these movies. Bop, bop, bop not, to the top. I, yeah, I love that song. <laughs> bop, bop, bop to the top. Um, so good. And so I didn't realize like High School Musical came out when we were in high school, and um, you know, you could only watch them. They didn't come out in theaters. You know, it was only on TV. And so I was looking them all up because I remember people talking about. It. I just didn't watch it at the time. That first movie has a budget of four million bucks. Wow. Which is next to nothing. Yeah. Basically. Um, yeah, I bet these these Loki episodes have well over double that. Um, yeah. For just one. And so, yeah. And the second one only has a seven million dollar budget. But um, 
<laughs> it sounds really silly, but I fucking love these movies now. And so I'm about to finally start watching High School Musical, the musical, the series. Because all this, all this to get back to, you need to listen to the album Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. It is the best pop album I've heard this year so far. Wow. So good. Um, so that is going to be my recommendation for this week. And then if you get obsessed, then, then you have to watch High School Musical and you got to watch High School Musical, the musical, the series, which is the most ridiculous <laughs> title. But I love saying it because it just kind of flows off the tongue a little bit. <laughs> there you go. All right. So there you go. Wasn't expecting that one today, but that's what you get because that's what I've been watching. Um, if you want to reach out to us, Twitter at Infinity Rewatch. Um, if you're our, one of our fran- fans from Croatia, you can shoot us an email at the Infinity Watch Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we appreciate everyone that reaches out and uh, love talking to y'all. So keep it up and let us know what you think about what's going on in Loki so that we can talk about it during the episode. Yeah. All righty. How does Miss Minutes feel about millionaires, billionaires, Eric? Any? Any ideas? Fuck the billionaire! (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Oh, man. Absolutely amazing. Fuck them billionaires. Fuck them. In all the timelines. All the multiverse. Yeah. uh, Yes. Easily. Prune them. (laughs)